Thank you, everybody. This is the mm-hmm. For the Love of Sports NFL Draft Breakdown. We are doing of the other America's division, the NFC East, because they are always on prime time. I have my buddy Derek Rampula with me. Derek, how are you today? Good, man. How are you doing? I am fantastic, and I appreciate you hanging out with me. As as everybody out there, I'm sure, is listening, they heard <laughs> Derek's incredible breakdown of the draft with Justin. We did that right before, about a week before the draft, and it was an absolute blast. And so hopefully... We can get a little bit of a we can get a little bit of a breakdown, and I think it'd be fun. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we already did one of these. We did one with Justin last night, and we'll be pretty much doing one a night through all the divisions, and hopefully, we can get through them. So, as I said, Derek, he's a big Giants fan, just like I am. So, you're going to yeah. be seeing him again in the future as well with the AFC North. But right yeah. now, we're going to be hanging out with the NFC East. So, Derek, um, let's just get into it. Just a little bit of a, a recap. I mean, we have the Redskins who were top two. Uh, they were mm-hmm. second overall pick, the Giants, the fourth overall pick, the Cowboys 17th, I think, overall, and the yep. Eagles right around 21st overall. Eagles yeah, were the 21. only team that made the playoffs out of the group. So let's, uh, I guess let's go in worst to first order. Let's start with the Washington Redskins. So as I said, second worst team in the NFL, they got a new coach, Ron Rivera, released mm-hmm. Josh Norman and Jordan Reed honestly did not realize he was still on the, I mean, he hasn't done anything in a while, but they did sign Kendall Fuller and Ronald Darby and they traded for Kyle Allen. And I added that as a specific note, but how, um, what did you think their needs were going into the draft? I think the needs for them were definitely to go in and try and get more help for Dwayne Haskins. Um, he struggled a bit last year, but he uh, showed some more progress towards the end of the year. And, uh, we touched on this in the mock draft when we did. You have to go into next year believing that Haskins is your franchise quarterback. So to do that, you have to give him um, protection up front and you have to give him some more uh, wide receivers. So I think they kind of touched on that a bit, um, you know, mostly with their like uh, third round or fourth round pick, excuse me, the tackle from uh, LSU that they picked up, I thought was a good one immediately after trading uh trent williams so i don't know if that's almost like a one step forward two step back move but yeah uh, that one is it's really interesting to me obviously trent williams was not going to stay there he made that very clear by sitting out all of last year right Um, and i'm i think they were kind of hoping that if they brought ron rivera in a a respectable name in the business someone that's been around a little while went to a super bowl recently that they Mm -hmm. could change him and I guess they could not. Um, so they looked yeah. for while well, while the whole time it sounded like they were looking for a first round pick. I think they ended up with like a fourth or a fifth, and mm-hmm. then a third next year. Next year, so yeah. something I guess. But honestly, especially because first round pick was getting thrown around for so long, I don't think they did that great in terms. No, of I, I definitely think that they uh, they ended up settling and really trading. I mean, he did tra- kill a lot of his trade value by kind of saying that, look, there's no way I'm coming back to this franchise, but I still think that there could have been a team that might have been desperate enough to give up like a second round pick for him or something. You'd think so, especially someone like the Bucks, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought that was something to really look out for on uh, Thursday night was, yeah. you know, they might trade and uh, trade that away, say mm-hmm. screw it, you know, but I guess they thought worse would end up being better. I guess we will see. That's uh, yeah. that's going to be a fun breakdown there. Um so in terms of the draft, as you said, they needed Chase Young second overall. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. he was the best player in the draft amongst yeah. many, many people. Right. Um, I know you did want to see them or, you know, relatively thought they should go left tackle with that first position with all of them on the board. But could you really mm-hmm. blame him for taking Chase Young? No, not at all. I mean, he's clearly the best player. It probably was the smartest pick. I didn't 
I think that if they wanted to take a tackle, they should have traded back, but it seems like both the Dolphins and the Chargers were totally fine staying where they were and just letting those two, uh, Tua and Justin Herbert, fall to them. So they probably didn't really have any kind of good offer to trade back, and so you, they took Chase Young, who's the best player. Um, he really is an elite talent who can – kind of impact a defense like Vaughn Miller, J.J. Watt. So honestly, it just ended up being the easiest choice for them. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing, as you said, if they could have traded back, I'm sure they were looking for an absolute haul, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess it never came. And, and it was it was very weird to me. Um, you know, I think we'll talk a little bit more about this with the Giants pick that neither the Dolphins or the Chargers traded up. I think it almost right. seemed like they were both content with whoever was their quarterback. Yeah, like, I so think clearly, that's true. They were kind of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they were they, they had them, I guess, rated close enough that it wasn't worth mm-hmm. anything else. So um, in the second round, the Redskins selected Antonio Gibson, wide receiver slash running back out of Memphis. No, I'm, I apologize. This is the third round, their mm-hmm. second pick. Yeah, I don't know much about Memphis. I know they score a lot of points and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, what, what can you tell me about this guy? Um, He played the running back position. I think when he actually got uh, drafted, they announced him as a wide receiver. Um, He was kind of used as more as a running back or in an H-back role, taking the ball on like jet sweeps, um, all kinds of weird, like not gimmicky, but just Mm -hmm. unconventional offense that you see in the NFL. So I wasn't a big fan of this pick. I think that they really need to go true wide receiver. And there were definitely some options on the board when they picked him. Um, He's more of a guy that like you give like gadget plays to. I mean, I think he can probably play in the slot, but you know, there are a couple of other guys that I think would have been more valuable. Um, Cause even if he plays running back, he's going to be buried behind Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's barring if those two can stay healthy. So maybe he can get some opportunities, but um, I don't know. I just think that in the NFL, he might not have a defined role and, mm-hmm. you know, that's okay to take like in the fifth round or later, but with your second pick and in the third round, they probably had some better options. Yeah, and uh, it it doesn't make sense. I'll be honest; I don't have the board in front of me, so I don't really realize who was on the board still. But it just seems like a very weird kind of you know player to take, especially as you said, no real defined role, and you don't see yeah. those guys excel at a yeah, huge, exactly. huge pace in the NFL. They usually need to have a little bit more definition to what they're doing. Do you remember what happened to their the the second round pick that the Redskins had? Who, where they, they had play? that and they traded it to the Colts who the Colts used then to select uh, Michael Pittman. Where, why did they trade that to the Colts? I think that was from last year. Oh, okay. Okay. I think so that was something new. from last year. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So then in the third, uh, the fourth round, we already spoke about the tackle mm-hmm. out of LSU. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of tackles that were on the board that have the potential to actually play in the NFL. Usually once mm-hmm. you get to the fourth round, you're not really selecting tackles anymore. You're selecting guys that'll become guards or centers. How did right. you feel about um how did you feel about this guy at LSU? He's a really good player. Um he has the athleticism to play left tackle in the NFL. Um he's a little underdeveloped technically, but um you know, I think first and foremost, when you see a left tackle is they need to be athletic enough to cover speed rushers. Um, you know, he ended up coming down into the fourth round because he had a lot of off the field issues and that pushes him down. I think that if he didn't have that um, off the field trouble, he probably gets picked in the middle to early second round. So, oh, wow. 
So he's got a yeah. I mean, character concerns drop, but character concerns have never been an issue for the Redskins. So they were willing to roll the dice there, and I I think they took him almost immediately after trading away Trent Williams. So you could see there's a clear strategy going on there. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, again, you mm-hmm. he might he's not going to be a one to one replacement. Trent Williams, people right. might have forgotten, was one of the best left tackles in the league. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he, he kind of, the, the Redskins did what they did to him. So it is what it is mm-hmm. within the fourth round as well. A couple, you know, 40 some odd picks later, it looks like Antonio Gadney golden wide receiver mm-hmm. out of Liberty. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know too much about Liberty. I don't know too much about this wide receiver, but usually if you're trying to surround your team with talent, mm-hmm. normally go to some bigger schools. I, I don't know. What do you, what do you know about this guy out of Liberty? Um, Believe it or not, this is actually late for him. A lot of people thought that he would get picked about 40 to 50 spots ahead of this. So he's definitely talented. Um, I think the reason he fell is because he's a big body receiver who doesn't necessarily separate super well. And I think when you look at those, you see that there's like a 50-50 chance really of whether or not they're going to make it in the league. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the most success... Uh, that you see of that in the NFL is DeAndre Hopkins, who doesn't necessarily separate well, but he just turns 50-50 balls into like 95-5 balls. It's kind of like what um, Gadney Golden does. He's not you know, as good at it, but um, he's a big receiver. They don't have a lot of height on this offense. He can be a really good red zone threat. Um, probably be some growing pains for him coming into the league, but um, – you know, a guy who can snag down those balls is always going to have uh, success. I mean, who was it? Uh, Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. for the Broncos. Like, that was his big thing was they said he doesn't separate well, but he's going to bring down those 50-50 balls. And he has thrived so far in the NFL. So I think you might be able to see some kind of um, impact like that with Gadney Golden. Yeah, I think, you know, hey, if that if that's, again, I, I'll be honest, I don't watch too much tape, and I definitely mm-hmm. don't watch too much Liberty tape, so yeah. I can't say I know much about him, but I, I'll, I'll lean on you and get that uh, as a good understanding. I mean, as you said, if you can turn those 50-50 balls, even just swing the percentages in your favor in mm-hmm. any sort of fashion, it's that's going to help a lot, and I think that's yeah. the most important part, and if you can execute that at a high level long enough, you'll be successful in the NFL, and Dwayne Haskins, I just watched a tape of him throwing the other day, and Man, he was so accurate in college, but mm. how are how, like how do you lose accuracy that much? I know the windows are tighter and this that yeah. thing, but if you're overthrowing people now by ten yards, where was that in college? I just don't understand it. He also had a great offensive line in front of him at Ohio State that was able to really keep him upright. There were only a few teams like um, Michigan or Penn State who really had defensive lines that can make him feel uncomfortable. Um, and I think that that's, you know, part of the reason why the Redskins, I mean, pressure gets to any quarterback. You'd like to see him handle it a little bit better, but it's pretty obvious, especially when he only started 14 games at Ohio State. It's like, not like he has a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to come to you to defend uh, <laughs> the Buckeyes. Um, with the last few picks, they picked up mm-hmm. a center out of San Diego state linebacker out of Michigan, uh, safety out of Arkansas and. I don't know, some guy in the seventh round, it looks like Uh, anybody, anybody stick out to you here in some of these positions that we really don't hear too, too much of unless they really just kind of screw up or make an incredible play. (laughs) 
Um, I don't know too much about many of these guys that were taken towards the end. The one I do know is Kalik Hudson, who played at Michigan, so I saw him play quite a bit. Um, he's a decent player. He can probably play like a weak side linebacker or a strong safety, but um, I don't know. You know, when you get towards the end of these of the draft into these later rounds, you're looking at guys who can just add some quality depth or maybe for um, these like skill position guys can mm-hmm. be special teams gunners or aces. So um, that makes yeah. sense. No, yeah. you're, yeah. you're good. I, I don't know anything about them. That's why I lean on you. So in yeah. terms of their overall draft, as you said, they were looking for offensive line help. They got a little mm-hmm. bit, but it was relatively late. We'll see what happens with the tackle at LSU. If those character concerns rear their ugly head that seems like a jerry jones pick so i'm surprised right (laughs) um he didn't he didn't snag them earlier uh and then yeah they grabbed they did grab a couple like one and a half wide receivers i guess Mm -hmm. we'll call it um some of their other picks so in terms of you know what they needed to do it sounds like they did a little bit of it what about fantasy value i mean what do you what do you look at when you're looking at um Dwayne Haskins for next season. I mean, hopefully Darius Geis is healthy. Maybe right. one of these wide receivers will be good. Maybe Terry McLaurin will still do his thing. Who, who, if anybody, are you really looking at on the Redskins when it comes to fantasy? Uh, I would stick with McLaurin. I think that he showed a lot, and he's got legit 4-3 speed. So mm-hmm. you saw it, um, one of the last games of the season. He took just a quick slant, 75 yards for a touchdown. Um looking at this, I don't know. I think a lot of it would be wait and see. Um, do I think Antonio Gibson and this left tackle, Shadiq Charles, necessarily turned Dwayne Haskins into like a 40-touchdown season? No. So I think that you probably want to kind of wait and see. Maybe Gadney Golden becomes a guy, if you have like a really deep draft or something like 20 rounds, maybe just a late-round flyer on him mm-hmm. if he does become like a red zone threat like I think he could be. That's pretty cool. I like that. Good stuff. Um, So that is the Washington Redskins. We'll move on there. So we're going to the Giants. This one, I think we can talk a little bit more in depth about. They were the fourth worst team in the league last year with a total of four (laughs) wins. Um, Got rid of Pat Shermer. Thank God. So hopefully we don't just really happy about that. Hopefully the run up the middle plays just (laughs) completely got. We don't got rid of it because we did it enough last year. Brought in Joe Judge as the head coach, brought in Jason Garrett. Yeah. Offensive coordinator, which yeah. <laughs> kind of, I don't know. We released Al Ogletree finally. Uh, Eli retired. Mm-hmm. Signed James Bradbury, cornerback from the Panthers, and Blake Martinez, fr- uh, linebacker from the Packers, brought in Deion Lewis, I guess, just mm-hmm. to be there. And Marcus Golden's kind of up in the air right now. It's a very confusing situation, so I don't want to explain right. and get it wrong. But going into the draft, um, I think I know your answer, but what did the Giants need in terms of people <laughs> um, and players? It was clearly all about getting Daniel Jones protection up front. Um, and they clearly did that. You know, I think that the team had more holes than that. So, but, you know, I mean, defense, we'll, we'll talk about the defense, about how just atrocious it's been. But, um, you know, Daniel Jones, we both panned the pick. And I mean, mm-hmm. we, we totally shit on the pick last year, to be Hated honest. It. And I cried. I, I, I didn't go that far, but I was very depressed. I went to, I went to bed a very sad man and um, you know, it's, he ended up throwing for, I think 24 touchdowns, like 3000 yards through 12 picks, which, okay, it's not terrible, but he had 10 fumbles and it's mostly because his offensive line was so bad. Um, You know, you want to see him maybe get 
rid of the ball a little bit earlier or um, develop a little bit better pocket presence. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it really just stems from the offensive line. It was it was dreadful. So, yeah, that was obviously an area of need. And then I would almost say every single position on the defense, every level. Yeah, we needed somebody extra there. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe not interior defensive lineman line. i know but other than that i would have taken literally anyone at any position so first over or fourth overall first round they go andrew thomas out mm-hmm. of georgia um and i think you had you said something funny i don't remember if it was on the last live stream or it was just um and uh just in general but you kind of you you loved andrew thomas then you hated andrew thomas and you came back <laughs> to loving andrew thomas again yeah. tell me what was that i guess emotional swing and and coming back around <laughs> that you went through there it wasn't so much that I loved him than hated him. It was that I really liked him. And then like when the draft came around, you see Trish and Morris run like a four, a 40 Mackay Becton runs a low five. So you're like, well, like maybe these guys really are better. And you just like maybe push them off to the side a little bit. But then I kind of came back around to it and saw it was, to me, it was either Thomas or Jedrick Wills. Um, and I really can't, I'm very happy with the Andrew Thomas pick as a Giants fan. I think that he was a three-year starter at Georgia. Um, That's obviously a run-heavy team, and this is a team that is probably going to be a run-first team under Joe Judge and with having Saquon. So that was just a great pick. He's a really athletic tackle. He's experienced. He's gone up against great competition. And I think he's walking into a good situation where he'll probably be able to play right tackle first. And once Nate Solder is either dealt or cut, which is probably one or two years down the road, he moves over to the left side and he's got the makings of just like a guy that plays on your offensive line for 10 or 12 years. I hope so, man. I mean, that would yeah. be fantastic. We we signed Nate Solder, and I was so ecstatic. Yes, I was we have too. A left I thought it was a great pick. And never forget, he gave up more sacks than Eric Flowers did. Yeah. So it's um, it's it's definitely depressing. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, Justin watched me cry. Thank you, Justin. And then he wanted to know why did <laughs> Wirfs fall? Do you have any idea why Tristan Wirfs fell all the way to thirteen where he did? Um, from what I read, is that people got a little too infatuated with his athleticism and. The thing that I read is that his technique, apparently, he's not great at resetting once he's kind of gone into his back kick. So mm-hmm. defensive ends who can stun inside, beat him inside on counter moves and stuff like that are going to be t- uh, tough for him to face. So um, I don't think Andrew Thomas has that limitation. I mean, you know, he still needs to improve technique. That's how it's going to be for any offensive tackle coming into the league. Um Maybe the only criticism of Thomas is he wanted to get a little bit more power, but mm-hmm. I mean that you're just kind of nitpicking. And yeah. like I said, I think it was between him and Wills and Gettleman just went with who he thought was better. I, I think it was a good pick. I was really happy. <laughs> I honestly, I wanted anybody on the offensive line. I really wanted Isaiah Simmons just because mm. it, I thought it would have been fun. And then yeah. realizing, well, no, it doesn't really make sense. That's not how you win. A, a, you don't win with a really athletic linebacker slash safety. Mm-hmm. You win with a good offensive line. So I'm glad they went offensive yeah. line. I didn't really want Becton. I thought he... Uh, yeah, he, he was he, the one that had, I was like the most yeah. worried that Gellman would fall in love with, but he stuck but, to really the safest plan. And I, I'm, I'm okay with that. And then in the second round, um, we kind of got a Isaiah Simmons light, if you may. I, I, Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. I was surprised he was still on the board. Yeah. By 18, people are like, all right, McKinney's probably coming off soon. And, you know, we make mm-hmm. it all the way to 36. He's still there. 
I read um, something very interesting. He has played, he was essentially the exact same thing as Isaiah Simmons, just not quite as athletic. Yeah. And that's like the only thing he played 200 snaps at a slot. He played mm-hmm. 200 snaps as a cornerback, as a safety, not cornerback. I apologize as a safety, um, mm-hmm. as somewhere on the, the, the line, he rushed the pass. So he did all this stuff too. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't a freak when it comes to athleticism. Right. So I was pretty happy about that pick. How did you, how did you feel about it? I was so happy. I mean, it was either him or I think I kind of was leaning towards, um, AJ Epineza from Iowa or, mm-hmm. Etor Gross Matos from Penn State is like a pass rusher, but uh, safety. It's an it's interesting because they still have Peppers, and I'm not sure how exactly this works. I don't know too much about how the defense is going to run. Are you going to have two safeties on the field too mm-hmm. much? Um, but Xavier McKinney is like you were just touching on. Is really versatile. He played basically. He did a lot of what Minka Fitzpatrick did, which is. You know, he's going to line up and uh, free safety. He'll come down into the box just as easily. And he can cover um, in the slot, which is where he would be more comfortable as opposed to trying to cover um, an outside receiver. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the thing with him was that he's still a good athlete. He's just not quite as athletic, like he says, Isaiah Simmons or even Minka Fitzpatrick. So, maybe that, I don't think that's why he fell. I think that safety is just not ever something. Is, isn't really a valued position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just, they tend to get pushed down the draft board a little bit. I, I couldn't believe he was still available. So that's why I was so happy when they took him, um, you know, and he can even blitz too. So you find somebody that that's why, you know, you want an Isaiah Simmons is because he can do anything on the field. McKinney can't do anything, but he still is really versatile and he can cover off some deficiencies if you use them in creative ways. And the Giants have a lot of deficiencies yeah, yes, on the defensive do. end. So I was I was pretty excited about that once I read a little bit more about him and kind of who he was and what he did. Mm-hmm. And again, if we could get uh, one of the top offensive linemen and then, as in, again, an Isaiah Simmons light, I was, I was ecstatic yeah. about that. And just a couple more of the picks. The Giants didn't go any skill position, so there's really not yeah. too much we need to talk about there. But Matt Parrott, uh, offensive tackle out of UConn with the 99th overall pick. Right. Um, Shane Lemieux, guard out of Oregon, fifth round with 153. I was very happy about both of those. I would have yeah. been honestly okay with them taking offensive tackle at the 36th pick, the second yeah. round. I just wanted as much offensive line help as possible because again, it was so bad. Yeah. Um, how much do you know about these two guys coming in? Obviously, one playing right tackle in college, being Matt Parrott, um, mm-hmm. Shane Lemieux playing guard in Oregon. He Both of them played for a significant period of time, didn't really miss too much time while they were there, which I think is great. What do you know about the two of them? Um, Pert, I really didn't know much about until they drafted him. And when they were talking about him on ESPN and said, uh, he's six, seven with 37 inch arms. I was like, holy shit, I'm going to read about this dude and see, you know, how much potential he has because the physique is already there. That is a prototypical tackle body and he's athletic too. I mean, he really is. He's able to get lateral. He can move people around. Um, I th- he was a four-year starter. This is where it gets kind of interesting is that he still needs to develop his technique a bit. And you would think after four years, he might be a little bit further advanced. There's mm-hmm. some, some of what I read said that he needs to be a little bit more receptive to coaching. Um, hopefully he's, you know, into that because he really has just a ton of potential. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, the thing I read is that he needs to just get more power from his base. So basically just spend some more time in the weight room. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's somebody that I think the coaching staff can really work with. And, you know, like I, like we were talking about with Andrew Thomas, there's a good chance that the um, tackle positions are covered for the next one to two years. So that gives them some time to work with Pert and coach him up. And hopefully by the time that, um, Andrew Thomas is ready to man the blind side. Pert can just move right on into a right tackle. So that would I nice. really like that. That had a lot of upside. Um, and then Shane Lemieux is somebody that I watched in the Oregon games. I like to stay up for the Pac-12 after dark after game. Dark, baby. Um, you know, Oregon for the past few years has had just really good offensive lines, probably the best in the conference. Um, he started, I think, the last two to two and a half years. And he can probably – I. I saw that he was um, doing some drills and working out at center, which if mm-hmm. that's what's key, if he can do that, then that's perfect. Um, I, I agree. We you were know, terrible I, at center last season, the last couple seasons. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Maybe he takes a year to start, but I think that what you see with these third, this third and fifth round pick is that they're clearly investing in the offensive line and they're okay. And they're trusting of their coaching staff to be able to bring these guys along. So, yeah, it's it would be I'm, pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm hoping so, man. I think you know, again, some of the other picks, uh, Darnay Holmes, cornerback at UCLA, mm-hmm. fourth round pick, uh, Cameron ba- Brown, linebacker out of Penn State. Giants decided to take all the linebackers once it came to the sixth and seventh mm-hmm. round. Carter Coughlin, linebacker, Minnesota. T.J. Brunson, linebacker, South Carolina. Tay Crowder, linebacker, Georgia, with a right. cornerback, Chris Williams from Minnesota, again back in there. I think. You know, so from a skill position, from a fantasy standpoint, none of that is really going to matter too, too much. But I do think investing in the offensive line, that makes Daniel Jones a little bit more coveted. Investing in the offensive line, that makes Saquon Barkley significantly, significantly happier. Yeah, I mean, Saquon's like a weekly starter no matter what. But now you can really hopefully see the offensive line pick up and you can increase production from him because he dipped a little bit last year but you know when he he was nicked up and he also was just the focus of the offense i mean you see it all the time and you can put seven eight guys in the box it's just really tough for running backs to do anything it is tough but it's also the one the one image i will never ever ever forget of saquon barkley is him teaching his offensive line how to play offensive line and then the immediate next play takes it to the house for like 75 yards that was against the redskins (laughs) i think in his rookie season yeah and it was just ridiculous he's like he he goes into the whole explanation he's like if you do this this and then i'll i'll do this and then it's like the next play they cut to it and that happens and he takes it to the house like if only this guy had an offensive line to play with how much better would he be he's still in his first season had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 17 touchdowns. You really don't need more than that, but I think it's possible, and that's the craziest part. So I, I'm excited. Yeah. We'll see, man. We will see. Yeah, with the with the, you know, I think that if he ran behind like what the Cowboys had a couple of years ago, he would easily be a 2,000 yard rusher. It's ridiculous. He's that talented. It is absolutely ridiculous. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully, the defense. I mean, we got all these linebackers. Um, yeah, you know, safety I mean, and a couple cornerbacks. Hopefully, the defense <laughs> is just literally anything is better than last year. So it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I I don't know too much about some of these like last guys that got picked, like T.J. Brunson, Tay Crowder. I read are probably more inside linebackers, which is needed since Ogletree got released. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Williamson from Minnesota. I don't know much about most of what I saw said that he probably was going to be an undrafted free agent, but seventh round, who cares? Um, Carter Coughlin. I actually do know a little bit about seeing that he played in the big 10. He was a 
uh, I think a two or three year starter. He had 10 and a half sacks as a senior. So he's a little undersized for a pass rushing linebacker, but the Giants, I think, are sticking with a three four. So you need pass rushing linebackers. You know, maybe he just becomes part of the rotation. I think Cam Brown would probably have a somewhat similar role. Um, you know, these guys you're just kind of hoping might end up making some kind of impact. Maybe you hit on one of them mm-hmm. or exactly they provide quality depth or how, like we were saying before, you just hope maybe they're good special teams players, but um, they needed to do something. I don't know how many of these guys are difference makers. I will say that I really like the Darnay Holmes pick. Um, Why? Well, it was funny. We were talking about this in the group chat with the guys um, that he almost picked Ohio State before going to UCLA. So I kind of followed him from high school, and he's just not tall. I mean, I don't even know if he's 5'10". He might be 5'10 in cleats. So he's a little undersized, but he's really athletic, and he breaks on the ball and can make plays on the ball. I think he had six or seven picks last year. So. Whoa. He's pretty clearly a nickel corner, but again, with how much the NFL likes to spread the ball out now, those guys are so valuable. I think he sticks around and can have an impact on this uh, defense. I mean, I hope so. Again, anything Mm -hmm. is better than last year. We ran pretty much Janoris Jenkins half crippled body out there for most of the season until he decided to use some words that as a society, we decided not to use anymore. Yeah. Um, And then DeAndre Baker, James, James Belcher couldn't figure out that maybe we don't put DeAndre Baker on an Island by himself because he's going to just get absolutely torched constantly. Yeah. I'm hoping more from him. Valentine love. um, I liked all those picks last year, but yeah. And now we bring in Brad, we bring in Mm -hmm. Bradbury. We have Julius, um, I always say Julius, Jabril Peppers um, <laughs> is still back there. So adding McKinney, I think we just have, I think it sounds like we're just going to have like 18 defensive backs on the field <laughs> at once. Um, and yeah. then maybe just Leonard Williams and hopefully, you know, maybe a little Dexter, uh, Dexter Lawrence as well. But I- I'm excited. I think anything will be better than next year. So yeah. we will see. And in terms of fantasy, as we said, you know, Darius Slayton, I think he's going to get a little bit better. I was surprised the giants didn't take any wide receivers in Me the draft. Too. I thought that was something, even yeah. though it wasn't a huge need, I think golden Tate is good. Mm-hmm. I think, um, Sterling Shepard is above good, like not quite very good, but just like better yeah. than good. Mm-hmm. And then you have Darius Slayton who hopefully again can kind of just be that burner on the outside and just right. did last year. And if Evan Ingram think- can stay healthy, he's a great option. The problem is that, He's never healthy. healthy, Yeah, he he hasn't been healthy at all since he's been a giant, I feel like. So I I would love that. And I think Daniel Jones loved throwing to him when he was there. Um, But if he's not going to be there, there's really not much you can do about it. So hopefully we will see. So I'm excited to see what happens there as well. I think the Giants do a little bit better than four wins. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's at five and a half. I think their win total over under is five and a half. I think I'd take the over, but I would too. Not by much. I I think six or seven wins is that's what I'm thinking. If Daniel Jones can take a step forward this year, then I think six or seven wins is pretty reasonable. I think that would be, but you know, it's a, it was a good draft for them. That's really all you can ask for. Honestly, I think at some point all their first five picks become starters. So, I wouldn't mind that. That's all you can ask for. <laughs> that is really all you can ever ask for in one of these things. Um, moving on to the Cowboys, they missed the playoffs last year. They were, and I put criminally, they criminally underachieved for the amount of talent that they had on the offensive and defensive side. How they, <laughs> how some games they could score forty something points against the Rams yeah. and go out against the Eagles and score like three or six or whatever it was. Like that, it's they just made no sense. So obviously, 
fired Jason Garrett. They brought in Mike McCarthy. He already has a Super Bowl, so we'll see what happens there. Signed Amari Cooper to that gigantic deal, and I don't think Dak is technically signed yet. I don't even think don't he's think signed he his franchise tag yet as of recording. Um, they also signed Haha Clinton Dix, Dontari Poe, and Alden Smith, uh, all of which I think it's just, hey, if we're going to throw a couple million dollars around, whatever, let's throw it on some of these guys. So what did yeah. you see that they needed going into the draft? Oh, and they lost Byron Jones. I apologize. Right. I'm to add that. Yeah, so corner was definitely going to be a big one for them. Um, losing Byron Jones was big. Safety was another one. They haven't really had inspiring play from that. Uh, and then I think looking at it, they probably could have used some more weapons on the defensive line. Um, and I mean, the signing of Dentari Poe was good, um, but another defensive tackle I think was needed there. And I don't think they have a great option across from um, Demarcus Lawrence. So they really could have used another pass rush option. And I think for the most part, the Cowboys, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, uh, they kind of... Uh, they did some work here and they had a really good draft. So I'm kind of annoyed. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a little frustrating and that's why I'm excited. We left the Eagles uh, for last, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> with, with CD lamb, just dropping to the mm-hmm. Cowboys, that was just, uh, that was so frustrating to see. He's so good. The, yeah. The freaking Raiders. They just had to take Henry rugs 12th overall, which made no sense. I had, him yeah. at, I had him the over on 13 and a half on him. So I oh, uh, really lost a couple dollars there. So I was pretty pissed off. Um, but yeah, I mean, just him dropping there, CD lamb, we talked about him a lot, but how do you think he's going to fit in that offense? And now you have, um, you have Dak with Zeke coming out of the backfield. You have Amari Cooper, CD lamb, Michael Gallup, and I guess Blake Jarwin can be on the field all at once. I don't think that's enough. Like you don't have enough people, you have too many people for not enough positions. I mean, yeah. what do you think that offense is going to look like next year? I think it's going to be really opened up. Um, that's kind of what CeeDee Lamb affords you. Uh, that was one of the crazier picks, I think, of the first round. Like, it wasn't a massive reach like what the Raiders did with their two picks or anything like that, but they just signed Amari Cooper, and then they just go and take CeeDee Lamb. And it's kind of crazy, but it could be almost like um, – like I'm trying to think like when the Cardinals had Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolton or when the Vikings had Randy Moss and Chris Carter, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, damn, this could be a really lethal offense. Um, CD lamb is just incredible. I think that he's, I think I would have probably preferred him over Jerry Judy. If I could have had my pick, mm-hmm. um, I, he just has an incredible talent, and Mike McCarthy is all about scheming guys to get open. It's not like he needs to be schemed to get – you know, he can just get open. And Mike McCarthy takes advantage of guys in space, and there is no better receiver that can operate in space like CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he can turn nothing into a touchdown. So it was I, – I was shocked to see that they took him um, – but this offense really becomes absolutely lethal. It just continues to open up the run game for Zeke, who's one of the best running backs in the league. I, you know, they're going to be a team that can probably average over 30, 35 points a game. 
That is, uh, that's terrifying. I mean, yeah. but, but, but the, thankfully their defense, hopefully <laughs> will then struggle a little bit from it. As you said, they had, they have Demarcus Lawrence. They lost Robert Quinn, who somehow, man, like, I know he did well last year, but yeah. he got so much money from the bears. That was yeah. like five Good for, for him. Man. Yeah. Dude, make all the money you can. I just thought that was such a, when I saw that number come across, I was like, that sounds like a lot, but yeah, you're they like, did, whoa, really? Yeah. Like that, it was crazy, but they did pick up Trayvon Diggs, cornerback out of Alabama. <laughs> They did pick up Neville Gilmore, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma, Reggie Robinson, cornerback out of Tulsa. So they did really try and address the defense with their next four picks, I guess, specifically Trayvon Diggs. And as you said, they are going to need some help when it comes to cornerback. How do you feel? Uh, some people thought he might have been able to go first round. I then heard a lot of people were like, ah, he's good. He's not great. How do, how do you feel yeah. about him? Um, I think the thing is, is that he's a good athlete. He's just not great. He wasn't as athletic as some of the other guys like Okuda or CJ Henderson or like even Christian Fulton. So who I think ended up getting picked even later than Diggs, Mm -hmm. which was really surprising. But Diggs falling wasn't um, too much of a surprise. I think that he's kind of limited in the schemes that he can play. He really plays like a lot of uh, press man coverage where he can he's strong but he's just not like incredibly athletic mm-hmm. to turn and run with receivers but when he can get his hands on guys he can slow them down and have them play more his speed so he's a solid pick um it'll be interesting to see if he can really pick up where byron jones left off I and mean, mm-hmm. it was a good corner so Diggs was a good pick they it was a position of need so can't knock him for it they got to do what they got to do. Um, mm-hmm. Defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. I, I don't know much about him. Hopefully he's bad. No offense to him or anything. <laughs> um, you know, Reggie Robinson, cornerback out of Tulsa. Again, they needed a cornerback. I did see their fourth round pick, 146 overall. Uh, the kid from Wisconsin. Yeah. I can't say that last name, but apparently he, he, he was one of the best centers in all of college football last year from an yeah. offensive line that's routinely better than everybody else and he still doesn't go to the fourth round that's the thing that confuses me about the nfl draft this kid's gonna come in and start day one like what is he doing waiting to the fourth round i don't get it it's weird because center still is just a position that doesn't really get valued all that much which is really weird because they're i mean they're not quite as important as maybe as your left tackle but they have to call out a lot of protections Mm -hmm. they get the offensive line together and you know Biedas is a really good player um, Remington winner for a team that put out ran for like over 3000 yards last year, hands down. So, you know, that Zeke is going to be happy about it. Um, he's really good in pass protection too. Um, again, it's probably the thing that I've come to learn about the NFL draft over the last few years is that teams really value athleticism, like so much more than anything else. Like, yeah, every because every coaching staff, every GM thinks that they're going to be the ones to get the most out of your athletic potential. So mm-hmm. I think that maybe the fact that he just isn't as athletic causes him to drop. But, man, the Cowboys, they got a steal there. I mean, like you said, he's going to walk in day one and be the starter now that Travis Frederick retired. Exactly. Like, it's just one of those. It's so confusing to me, like, and, and how certain teams always do it. You always see the Steelers. They're mm-hmm. always like, oh, this guy was drafted in the fourth round and he's been a starter for the last four years. It's like, well, how does that happen? I just don't get it. And, you know, there's just certain teams that do it and certain teams that don't. And 
Maybe Mike McCarthy got in uh, Packers. Same thing. Maybe Mike mm. McCarthy got in Jerry Jones' ears. Like, hey, let's let's look at this guy because he might be able to start. And a um, couple other picks. They got Bradley Ane, defensive end out of Utah. So they did get mm-hmm. they did grab someone, but it was relatively a late, late fifth round, one seventy nine overall. And then they grabbed a quarterback just for some fun. Maybe just to press Dak a little bit, just because that's something Jerry Jones would do. <laughs> yeah. um, ben DiNucci, corner, quarterback out of James Madison with the 231st overall pick. So I saw here, you know, wide receiver wasn't a huge need, but man, uh, what is it? Something of riches, embarrassment of riches. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Diggs replacing Byron Jones. So I think that's great. As we just said, the kid out of Wisconsin is going to start from day one, especially with Travis Frederick retiring. Um, then you have here the best draft class in the division uh, yeah i thought the giants did pretty well mm-hmm. i thought the the redskins did okay and i thought the eagles did terribly but did you think that theirs was was it head and shoulders above or did you think they kind of just eked out maybe the giants on on just a certain things just the, the way it felt um i think that head and shoulders no but i think that it is definitely a decent amount better um you know, CD Lamb is going to be a day one starter. Trayvon Diggs is probably going to be a day one starter. I wouldn't be surprised if Neville Gilmore is also. Robinson's probably going to carve out a role pretty early. Biadaz, as we mentioned, is going to be a day one starter. Uh, this Bradley and Nee, I read, was supposed to go like third round, and nobody's really sure why he dropped. Um, Utah had a really good defense. Um, they were consistently one of the best front fours uh, in the country. They were like literally right up there with Clemson, Ohio State, Oregon, like those teams that have incredible defensive fronts. Um, I think that he was a really good pick who will at least be a rotational player on the defensive line um, in pass rush situations. So that's a really good pick that you get late. Um, and then Danucci, probably just, you know, going to be a quarterback, yeah. maybe a practice squad guy. But I think that, you know, these first picks that they had all really have good upside and could, you know, actually make impacts a little earlier than some of the Giants guys who might be a little bit more developmental. Yeah, as you said, you think the Giants, their first five picks will become starters at some point. Mm-hmm. But you just laid out the four of the first five picks of the Cowboys are starters right now, um, yeah, which is pretty you know much. you really you know that that right there is just kind of shows you what the teams are working with and obviously kind of how how the draft just just how it unfolds sometimes and the way mm-hmm. things do shake out. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm very curious why uh, the gentleman out of Utah did wait so long to go out, but um, mm-hmm. you know we will see. I hate the Cowboys uh, just yeah. as much as you, if if not a little bit more. So we'll see what happens there. But I do think. I think they'll. It'll be them and the Eagles uh, fighting for the division, kind of as they have the last few years. Probably, so yeah, we will. Um, we will see there. And then you know we kind of already touched upon it a little bit, but fantasy implications. I mean, Dak has to skyrocket mm-hmm. to be one of the top five quarterbacks uh, in fantasy this year. I think, especially with yeah. all that firepower around him and a little bit of help on the offensive line. And he what threw do you for think? Five thousand yards last year, which came out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I didn't didn't really see that. And Zeke was still pretty good. Not great. Mm-hmm. Well, he was good. he was great, but he wasn't as as he has the couple of, uh, last few years. But at what point, like, how many balls are there, right? Like how mm-hmm. how like when it comes to the wide receivers, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. I mean, Amari Cooper is the number one just because he's the number one. But how do you feel about that entire core? And when it comes to fantasy, where are you potentially looking at some of these guys? I think a lot of you're probably going to end up drafting like the whole offense, you know, um, it probably hurts Amari Cooper's stock because he's 
inconsistent despite how talented he mm-hmm. is. And I think that Lamb is just too good. Um, they're different wide receivers. Cooper's a bit more of the precision route runner, whereas Lamb, you can kind of just give him the ball in any way and watch him do his thing. Um, I think that you might see a situation with him where it's almost like when, like when certain teams had like Randy Moss or Terrell Owens, it's just like, okay, twice a quarter, we're going to throw him deep and just see what happens. And, mm-hmm. you know, when something like that, I think that honestly, CD lamb could even overtake Amari Cooper for the wide receiver one position on that team. So it really wouldn't surprise me if Amari Cooper had a, a, still a good year, but not like a, a guy mm-hmm. that you would want to take super early. Not if you do uh, keep release, maybe not a guy you want to keep now. I mean, CD Lamb is going to get force-fed the ball. That's just how and, it is. <laughs> and maybe maybe not a guy that if you had the foresight of knowing you get one of the top two wide receivers in the draft, you probably wouldn't give him four years, $100 million. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Jarrah. Uh, I think that is, you know, I don't want to say he's kicking himself because, again, they have now probably, you know, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, how CD Lamb shakes out, but they're going to probably have one of the best wide receiving cores yeah. in the, the league for a couple years at least. But, I mean... Again, you could use that money elsewhere, as we've kind of seen, and he right. probably wishes he signed Dak and, and franchise tag Amari Cooper so mm-hmm. you could potentially get rid of him now or, or only have him there for a year so you could free up some of that space. But it is what it is. We will see what happens again. I hope it uh, blows up in their face. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and now this is the fun one. So the Philadelphia Eagles, they made the playoffs last year, lost mm-hmm. to the Seahawks in a wild card round. Unfortunately, Davian Clowney decided to throw his head into Carson Wentz's. Carson Wentz had to take himself out of the game. Pretty unfortunate. I'm never for injuries, but uh, I do hate the Eagles. So it is what it is. Malcolm Jenkins end up walking away. They did sign uh, Hargraves, uh, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, from the Sealers. They released Nigel Bradham, and they traded for Darius Slay, and they also brought in Nickel Roby Coleman of the mm-hmm. infamous uh, St. Louis, uh, L- or, I apologize, LA Rams and Saints New Orleans Saints play that was very, very clearly a yeah. pass interference. Um, I think I can answer this one. The Eagles needed cornerbacks and wide receivers. I yep, think that's that was pretty much it. If they did, their biggest needs. If they just drafted like four of each of those, it would have been a perfect draft for them. But of course, yep. they couldn't do that. So no, no, they couldn't. Um, I know with uh, Jason Peters actually, I think as well is not signed. He hasn't so he hasn't signed anywhere mm-hmm. else, but he's not signed to the Eagles. I think they're content with letting him walk away. He's old. He's injury yeah. prone. He's it's, been good though. That's the craziest thing. Yeah, but that's why you drafted Lane Johnson was for this inevitability. I think they expected it to happen like three years ago. But you know, Lane Johnson probably becomes your left tackle. But now you're left with a. Uh, uh, hole on the right side. So, well, didn't they drafted somebody last year? I think. Oh yeah, that's Maybe right. Andre Dillard. Yeah, Dillard. Okay. I yeah. don't think he was. Um, I don't think he ended up really doing too much last year. I mean, I don't even know how much he started, um, or how much playing time he actually got. But I don't know if he was ever a guy that mm-hmm. cracked the uh, depth chart. Yeah. But I know the pick was a little mm, when it happened. So mm-hmm. who knows? Hey, we will see, you know, again, hopefully it, it doesn't work. So first round, they took uh, Jalen Rager, wide receiver at a TCU. I know we spoke about him in the mock draft. Can't remember mm-hmm. where we had him going. I think we had him going to like the Vikings, if I'm not the mistaken. Saints. I had the him Saints? going to the okay. Saints. Okay. Yeah. So a little bit later. So you, you were, you were pretty close Only on that a few one. Picks off, yeah. yeah. I mean, that one, that one's pretty solid. I mean, it's still a wide receiver. You kind of got that part, but what, um, with Jalen Rager, I know one thing you said was he's crazy fast and he's just mm-hmm. another one of those guys. Just give him the ball. Just figure it yeah. out. I mean, how do you think he will work in this weird, weird Philadelphia Eagles offense? It's why I like this pick over um, 
them taking Justin Jefferson because they have some slot receivers and Jefferson probably is going to play like 60 to 70 percent of his snaps in the slot. So Rieger gives you a legit outside threat, which they don't really have any of. I know that they still have Alshon, but he might be out the door He's, soon. Yeah, pretty done. So um, Rieger has really, I think he's about six one, six one and a half. Um, he's got really good speed. Just uh, needs to refine his route running a little bit because um, he kind of just would rely on that speed. But, you know, uh, Peterson is going to try and give him the ball in some creative ways. Um, yeah. And they're not always going to make him go right down the field. You know, they're probably going to try and work bubble screens in quick slants. They'll probably try lining him up in different formations to give him like a, a cleaner release and just mm-hmm. give him the ball. So I like the pick actually. Um, I know it's kind of met with some confusion at first, but I think that it was better than just grabbing another slot. And I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson's just yeah. a slot receiver. I think that Rieger just offers you a little bit more to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can just continue to develop into like a true wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, that makes sense. I mean, again, if he's, if he's big enough, um, you do have written down a little too many drops, which hopefully that stays with him. But I mean, we'll, we'll see, man. I I think, you know, Doug Peterson, while everyone thought he was a genius, I still think he's smart, but it's very clear. John DeFilippo and Frank Reich had a huge huge influence, especially on that Super Bowl winning year. I remember you saying you kind of wished we fired Pat Shermer and hired Frank Reich. Yeah, I really wanted Reich. We as in the Giants did not do that. And Frank Reich uh, went on. Oh, no, it was it was that they fired Ben McAdoo and hired Pat Shermer. Oh, was it that that year? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's what pissed me off. I was begging the Giants to to, uh, make Frank Reich their head coach and. They Couldn't went with the blandest head coach they could have. <laughs> well, he's an adult, Derek. He's and an he's adult, and that's now, important. Though. And thank God he has gone. Still paying him for three years, I think. Yeah. So good for him. But um, right. now to the fun part. In the <laughs> second round. In, Are you sure you don't uh, want to save this for last? <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. We'll, we'll move on there. Um, uh, the third round then, uh, mm-hmm. Devon Taylor, linebacker out of Colorado. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. K- Kayvon yeah. Wallace, safety out of Clemson. He, yeah. I thought, I would have assumed he was going to go a little earlier. Yeah, uh, I guess he did not. But I guess, I mean, you have here they needed him after Malcolm Jenkins left. How do you mm-hmm. think he's going to fit into that defense? Uh, he was a multi-year starter at Clemson, so he's really well co- uh, coached under Brent Venables. So he's a solid player. He's a pretty good athlete. He can kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none, but. Mm-hmm. You know, with them losing Malcolm Jenkins, he'll probably get an opportunity to start early. So, you know, I think that he's just a piece that you can add back there. Um, they're not banking on too much in the fourth round, but he's definitely got potential. Yeah, I mean, coming from Clemson, you know, as uh, I think Justin and I were talking about it last night, just pick more guys from Clemson and Ohio yeah. State and Alabama <laughs> and Georgia. They get the routinely get the best uh, recruiting classes, so they're mm-hmm. all competing against each other. And whoever starts there for three years – has some sort of talent. So yeah, a fourth mm-hmm. round flyer can't really hurt on a guy. Um, they grab Jack Driscoll guard out of Auburn. I thought that one was interesting as you do. I read a little bit of uh, PFF and they thought he was going to be a very surprise pick or at least the steal of the draft. How much do you know about Jack Driscoll out of uh, Auburn? I know a little bit, um, you know, just from watching some SEC mm-hmm. games and I like it because I think that, you know, they're a team that does want to run the ball, even though they don't have too many great options. I think Miles Sanders really can be a mm-hmm. uh, potent running back in this league. So, you know, 
probably has more work to do in pass protection, but Auburn's a team that runs the ball a lot. They run it in creative ways. They ask their guards to be athletic and to be able to pull and kind of hit all different kinds of blocks. So a guy that can do that definitely has value in this league. Mm-hmm. And then they also picked uh, another offensive tackle out of Auburn, Prince mm-hmm. Tega Wanago. I think mm-hmm. when I go, yeah, like that's, that. how you, that's how you pronounce it. Um, <laughs> again, he's, he's kind of the same thing where he's just a really athletic player, but you know, Auburn's offensive line scheme is really can be tough to um, come into the league with We've mm-hmm. a few other guys, most notably Greg Robinson, um, Sean that Coleman. Was a while ago. Yeah, but or like Sean Coleman, who got drafted by the Browns a few years ago, um, they require these really athletic guys, but they're just not too technical when they come mm-hmm. in and they can struggle. So, again, it's a six round pick. You don't really you're not really asking for much. Yeah. You're hoping maybe that he can just make the team and either become a valuable depth player or a tradable commodity at some point. But, um, you know, with with Jason Peters possibly moving on. Mm-hmm. You just want to get some guys in there you can work with. Absolutely, yeah, depth. You know, that's kind of what the Giants are doing when it comes to mm-hmm. offensive line. So I, I can't really blame any other team that wants to do that, especially if you're losing a key piece that you've had for a while. Um, they drafted a few other wide receivers, John Hightower mm-hmm. out of Boise State, uh, Quez Watkins, wide receiver out of Southern Miss. So they hit three wide receivers. Yeah, uh, so you were close on that four wide receiver mark. Yeah, <laughs> um, really nothing in terms of. Uh, they they grabbed the safety, Kevon Wallace, out of Clemson, but no cornerbacks. So I don't know who is going to cover for them next year. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to want to do there. So hopefully the Giants can yeah. take advantage of that. But I mean, they yeah, drafted- I, I mean, with trading for Darius Slay, that alleviates one of them. And uh, Nikel Roby Coleman can play different position or yeah, can do a bunch mm-hmm. of different things at corner. He can play outside. He can play inside. So that definitely alleviated the need to go early for those picks, but I'm just surprised that they didn't go for it at all. Um, I would have thought that somewhere at the fourth or fifth round, they take a flyer on a guy and be like, all right, let's see what he can do. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, these two wide receivers, John Hightower and Quez Watkins, I honestly don't know too much about. I, they're warm bodies at this point. Yeah, it's what's a- needed more than anything. <laughs> I mean, they were so decimated at the position last yeah. year. As you already said Alshon's on his way out. It looks like if he hasn't started to kick himself out, the the Eagles mm-hmm. fans will surely, surely do that. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, as much as I hate yeah. the Eagles, Carson Wentz throwing for four thousand yards, but not a single wide receiver receiving over five hundred yards is yeah. it's a ridiculous statistic that yeah gotta it's give the guy possible <laughs> right it's insane i mean granted he has two awesome tight ends and then some pass catching backs mm-hmm. but still that that's just such a crazy number 500 i mean amari cooper yeah. gets that in like two and a half games every yeah. season it seems like so it's just crazy to me but here we go in the second round the <laughs> philadelphia eagles selected jalen hurts quarterback out of oklahoma yeah jared i don't think jared is listening but you and I were on the call with him and he went over Carson Wentz's contract with us many, many times to explain why this doesn't really make sense. So what do you think about it, Derek? Um, (laughs) I honestly think this is one of the worst draft picks I've seen, at least in the second round. I won't go because like there have definitely been some like first round picks, but as far as second round picks go, this is definitely one of the worst I think I've seen. Um, there was talk that Hertz was going to sneak into the end of the first. I have no idea where the hell that was coming from or what people began to see other than him playing in 
um, uh, Lincoln Riley's offense. Mm-hmm. And that can make any good anybody look yeah. good. So I don't re- I don't get it. I mean, he was solid at Alabama, but he also just had incredible wide receivers. It's different from when from Tua. You know, like people can you can you can't really say, oh well, Tua had great wide receivers. That's true. He also was throwing for forty touchdowns a year, whereas mm-hmm. Hertz was throwing like twenty five and he eventually gets beat out by a kid who's two, like two years younger than him. Um, and I think that that just really, I mean, that was always the thing with Hertz was that he, you knew he was a dual threat quarterback who could run the ball. And that's why defenses had to respect his arm. But whenever he played a team like Georgia or LSU, like he was struggled to throw the ball because he just wasn't accurate enough. And I don't think him going into Lincoln Riley's system necessarily improved everything. I think that he was just able to show off his athleticism more. Mm-hmm. And you know, people went. I saw some people saying, "Well, he'll he could be like a Taysom Hill." I'm like, no, that's not at all what he's going to be. Mm-hmm. He's not running down the field on punt coverage. He's not going to be lining up at wide receiver out wide. That's not how he is. Like, you also a, don't spend a second round pick on Taysom Hill. Like, that's yeah, also exactly. the other point. Like, what are you it's, talking about? It's really it just doesn't make any sense. And I was listening to um, Daniel Jeremiah today, and they were saying that like well, you know, maybe you develop him into a good quarterback and he becomes a trade commodity. That's fine if you take a guy who's in the fifth round and turn him into like a third or a second round pick. But the only way that this makes any kind of sense is if you're able to trade him for a pick higher than 54. Mm -hmm. That's not likely. Like, I just don't see that happening. Who the hell is going to take a, spend a first round pick to trade for this guy? I mean, and I think that even if he does show improvement, people are probably going to say, well, it's Peterson's system. Mm-hmm. You know, he only, he tailored it to him. He made it fit him. He's really not what, when is this guy for. even playing though? And I mean, like I, mean, I understand I, Carson Wentz gets hurt, but that's still such a, you don't take an insurance policy with a policy with a second round pick. You should have taken potentially Trayvon Diggs at that point or whomever. I think he might actually, yeah. be on the board, but there were wide receivers on the board. There were cornerbacks still on the board that you could have taken advantage of shit anywhere on the defense as well. It doesn't hurt having depth at quarterback. It, like I it guess it's good, but I mean, if you want, if you let's be honest, their roster isn't like how it was a few years ago where mm-hmm. Foles was able to step in. Yeah. So I don't know, but if they think that they're at that point, then they should have signed another backup quarterback who's a veteran, not bank on him. Um, honestly, I think that the best thing for them to do was would have been to wait until the fourth or fifth round and take Jake Fromm. Um, you know, they if they want a guy who is, um, you know, potentially able to guide them through a couple of wins. If Carson Wentz goes down, Jake Fromm is your guy. You know, mm-hmm. everybody knows that he has like the mental aspect of it down. He's physically limited, which is why he ended up slipping so much. And he also had his junior year left a bit to be desired, but yeah. for two years he balled out. And I just think that he clearly was falling. You could have taken him in the fifth round. He is like the quintessential backup quarterback who can come in and win you a few games. It, he's not going to go into like, mm-hmm. you know, Kansas city and win you a game, but a home game against like the Redskins. Yeah. You're not going to shit your pants and lose that game with the division on the line. <laughs> yeah. So I just think that all around, it was just a bad pick. Um, the player 
doesn't make a lot of sense. The round and pick doesn't make any sense. It just there are so many more pressing needs than to get a guy who is just a total project. So uh, exactly. Like that's yeah. the other thing too. Like forget about where they took him. Jalen hurts. Isn't good. Like, I mean, <laughs> I watched a lot of Alabama when he was there, you know, especially that first year mm-hmm. was not great. I watched a lot of Oklahoma. I love the big 12. I watch a lot of Oklahoma. Yeah. He was good, but everybody yeah. looks incredible. They could throw you in like a Riley system. They could put me there <laughs> and I'm sure we throw for, 20 touchdowns at least over, you know, a 12 game season. And then, as you said, whenever he faced a real defense, I mean, just look at the Baylor games that they played. He did not yeah. look great in those games. Baylor choked away the first one. And then the second one, it was pretty tight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then they go and play LSU and they get romped. Now, yeah. yes, it's hard when you're down 45 to seven or whatever it is, but you should be able to do a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. against that type of team. But clearly he was incapable. And now you want him to play in the NFL and he's going to be a backup. It's just so confusing to me that. Yeah that they took that pick and I love every second of it. So I will make sure when I drive around again, I'm going to be putting on (laughs) Philly sports talk radio just to hear all the crazy, crazy people that love it. Yeah. It's, um, and it was, it was a stunner for sure. I mean, you know, like the CD lamb pick was a stunner, but like for them in a good way, this Mm -hmm. one was just like, Whoa, I don't know what they're thinking here, but I do love it. I think that they're going to be regretting it when they, you know, can't cover anybody or can't throw the ball down the field at all. So, I mean, overall, I think that the Eagles might have had one of the one of the worst drafts. Um, I mean, considering how much how important a second round pick is to your team to spend yeah. it on somebody that, in the best case scenario, he doesn't play. That's like the yeah, craziest part much. of the pick is like the best case scenario he doesn't ever see the field. So, why are you spending a second round pick on that? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it you know it doesn't make any sense to do that. Um, you know the wide receivers that they they just passed up on some wide receivers. These guys that they took in the middle and later rounds, you have no idea if those guys are mm-hmm. going to be yeah. sort of viable option. They didn't take any more corners, so I don't know. I just feel like they totally whiffed on like a ton of needs here and reached on some guys, and they're not too far away. But yeah, they're in the you playoffs. Know, last year. You know they're in the playoffs last year. They kind of had a chance in that game against the Seahawks, but this is just not one of those drafts where you can say we're better. Um, You know, I think that you look at um, the Redskins got better, maybe marginally, but I still think that they got better. The Giants definitely got better and the Cowboys really, really got better. So this one kind of was a neutral one for them. And I think that just in a league that's as volatile as the NFL, you can't afford to stay neutral. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's deep. Mm. Write that one down. Mm. Um, I do think, you know, in overall, I think this was fun. Thanks, uh, yeah. Nick and Justin. Nick says Philly was mad that Dallas took CD lamb. So they took the guy Dallas wanted to spite them. Okay. Um, and Nick thinks that once is made of porcelain, uh, and I completely Probably. agree with him there. So I, I guess it makes sense, but again, best case scenario, this guy never touches the field. So, um, yeah. I love it. I'm so happy that everyone hated it. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I do think now with the extra playoff team, I do think Dallas and the Eagles have the best chance of making the the playoffs, especially with that extra, extra slot, the seven, um, the seven seed. Don't think the Giants and Redskins are quite there yet. As I did today, I think five and a half for the Giants. I would take the over. I wouldn't bet a lot of money on it, but I'd take the over and, you know, we'll see what happens there. I think the Redskins still suck and realize maybe Dwayne Haskins wasn't the right pick, but until then, but yeah, buddy. We'll see what happens, but thank you so much for doing this. Any, any last words of wisdom 
that last one was pretty great. You might just want to end on that note. Yeah, and I'll just say I'm looking forward to doing the AFC North. Can't wait. Talk to you soon, man. All right, take it easy, buddy.